welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Oh, shoot, I have a call coming in. Just give me a second. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the C. It's just the C calling. <laughs> I'll let, I'll, I'll let it go to voicemail. You I'll... were putting, I thought you were putting the brakes on on the podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I was like, who's calling at like 930 at night? What's going on? I have people <laughs> that call me yeah. at nine at night, mostly podcast co-hosts, but like, uh, no, that is called acting. So. <laughs> well, bravo, ah, sir. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You'll next find me in such things as editing this podcast. In about tomorrow. So, anyways. In about tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Uh, the Call of the Sea. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. Both Ryan and I have now finished this. And um, I think we're going to go pretty deep. So, deep in a, a sea way. <laughs> we're going to deep dive into this dive deep of the dive deep. into the, yeah. <laughs> So uh, if you guys are wanting to remain spoiler free, maybe uh, steer away from this and join us back in, in a little bit for the news. Uh, or if you don't care at all, then uh, stick around because uh, this was a, one of those very narrative driven games, like no combat or anything, but really heavy on the puzzles and some of them were really like mind bending and twisty and I liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was uh, later on in the game around chapter four, five, six, like the back half. I feel like the puzzles stop holding your hand and it's like, it, and, and it is encouraging you to find all the clues in the area. And then you have you have to really apply your 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 thinking cap to kind of figure out, OK, how do these I have all the pieces but how do they fit together? How do they go together? Yeah, I actually, I found, I started just pushing buttons to see what would happen. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So when I push that button, it's trying to send water through here. Or the goop shows up in that place. Or it's trying to turn that door, but it's stuck. And I did a lot of like, <clears throat> excuse me. I did a lot of like tracing things back. Like following threads, following wires, um, like trying to figure out what happened when I did each thing, as opposed to I feel like the earlier puzzles were very much like. Uh, here's a here's a box with a three number combination on it, find three numbers, you know, mm -hmm. like it was much more straightforward um, versus, yeah, the later ones were very much like you really have to like use your head here. <laughs> yeah. Which actually, I mean, that was one of the warnings that you had given me, as you said, because you finished before I did. And you said like, don't be afraid to look it up. And and my playthrough took me a little bit longer because I didn't look things up on purpose because I wanted to know, like just know <laughs> if I could do it. Uh, and I'm so curious now to know what puzzles stumped you to the point that you had to look them up. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the yeah. puzzles first. Do you want to talk about the, the narr the like um, narrative, the story first, but I mean, I want to know what tripped you up. I, I think the, the puzzles are the, are, are the main reason um, I, in my mind, the, the top reason to play, but shortly thereafter is the story. Cause I, I thought the story was, was was interesting but um the puzzle that tripped me up was i think the tail end of chapter five where you're having to you're starting to piece together 
um, this language uh, that you're not quite sure, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a tough one. So it's... um, I, I I could not figure it out. And I think if I had sat down and be like, okay, we're going to figure this out. I probably could have figured it out, but I'm like, screw that, this. Yeah, that took me a while too. And I, so like I sat down and I, and I figured it out and I was like, okay, I understand that like symbol one plus symbol two equals word. And then here's the sentence that I'm trying to say. So then these are the four symbols that I have to make, but how do I make them? And the, I thought that might've been the puzzle because you basically had to, like I said, that some of them were really mind bending and that that was definitely one of them because you had to like orient the, like an arrow to where you wanted the top of a configuration of four symbols to be. And you had to do that four times. And it yeah. was very much like it took me a long time. Like I knew where I was trying to get to, but I wasn't 100% sure like how to get that across to the game and like what it wanted me to do, what buttons it wanted me to push, like that kind of thing. So that one uh, was one of the longest puzzles from just a like mental standpoint, right? From a, from a figuring things out. Uh, Mechanically, the thing that um, really like (laughs) tripped me up just because your walk speed is so slow came actually just after that there's a point in the game where you get to this like um it gave me zelda like water temple vibes and i was like oh man am i gonna have to raise and lower this water level 18 times uh it turns out no you just have to do it like twice but um when you find that uh like village with like different people living at different heights or whatever And I understood what they wanted me to do, but then I didn't realize, like, I just started pushing buttons as soon as I got in that room. So then I had to walk all the way to the top and push the reset button. Then I had to go and do it in the right order, like, because I basically went around and explored the room first. Realized I totally messed up the puzzle, had to go walk through the whole thing again to reset it, and then had to walk through the whole thing again and then walk all the way back. And I was just like, oh, my God, this puzzle's taking me half an hour just because of travel time. <laughs> yeah, I um, this has always been a concern of mine with puzzle exploration games is give me the ability to run. You know, I don't want to canter. I don't want to yeah, saunter. And they say that you're running, but like the speed at which you run felt to me like slower than a regular walk speed in like any other game I've played. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Like even from a technical standpoint, it, it uh, I, I feel like you could run faster. I think where they, in a lot of these games where they limit your run speed, I'm not asking to run like, you know, super soldier speed. I'm just saying a run speed would be great. That's one of my, one of my big issues with this game is the fact that, um, that room specifically, when you do that one, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily struggle with it, but I, I did kind of come to the realization after I had gone up and down three different levels four or five times. And I'm like, Oh wait, no, now I get it. You're at the very top and you see down at the bottom. Uh, Oh, that's, that's the clue that I need to look at in order to tell, you know, which, which things to hit in what order to do stuff. Exactly. And I feel like uh, I, I get where they want to maybe have you walk a little slower so that you're not missing clues or collectibles or just how beautiful the game yeah, is. Yeah, because, oh my God, this game, we haven't even really talked about it yet, but this game is incredibly gorgeous. This is one of the first ones, I guess, that was announced for uh, the Series X. 
and they really take advantage of a lot of stuff. I absolutely hate, and I feel like everyone is going to do this. I have really come to hate water droplets on the camera lens in video games. <laughs> Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Stop making stupid little blurry spots for no reason. Anyways, total aside, other than that, <laughs> they really took the Series X and like pushed it to its limits in a lot of the underwater scenes there were tons of like not only just like particles but like light beams playing on those particles and then like fish swimming around and stuff like the undersea like coral reef scenes were just mind-blowingly incredible mm -hmm. and it looked great on I, I played on the xbox one x and i think this is a good example of a game that is going to come to both consoles and certainly going to look better on the series X run faster, load faster, but totally a playable experience on the X Xbox one X or Xbox one for that matter. So, I mean, we're, we're eventually going to get to a point where it's all going to be series X. Uh, but I, I, I was really impressed with, with how it ran on one X, although it, you know, there were some dips in frame rate um, in certain areas. I think, uh specifically in the underwater levels as as you're sort of you're on a path as you're zooming through these currents and oh, stuff oh yeah yep um but yeah like from a puzzle standpoint i felt like all the puzzles were set up really well and you you have you are encouraged to walk around the area collect the clues and as you're collecting the clues nora will like give some some narrative to to each yeah piece. some like commentary in her monologue almost <laughs> exactly yeah and and for the most part the puzzles are kind of fair there are a couple where you do have to do some work to reset but i found a couple of them i had to tell myself like no like it would be too complex to reset this one so it's not that is not part of like figuring out an exact sort of combination is not the solution here there is a there's a solution here that's more relevant to the clues as opposed to turn this thing 16 times that was the that was the language one the end of chapter five mm. puzzle where i'm like i know that i haven't like if there isn't a giant reset button then i know if i keep spinning these i'm not screwing myself over um yeah but there were a couple that you had to be pretty precise. I, I think like the the one where, where you have to run in, up and down the levels to get it just right was one where you had to be precise. And and you could, there was a big reset button at the very top, which was the finish the puzzle button, but would also tell you if you screwed it up and, and it would reset all of the switches. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so I felt the puzzles were very fair, but like like I said to you, Jocelyn, you know, before you finished it was, if you, time time is valuable, and if if you're running up against a puzzle that is designed in a way that is complex, and you know, I'm not saying I don't think any of the puzzles are poorly designed. I just felt like I could sit here and try to figure this out, but in this specific moment, I'm not going to be able to figure it out, and I kind of want to keep playing. And I think yeah. that's my struggle with puzzle games that it's not necessarily the game's fault because it didn't it didn't feel unfair. It just felt like. Ryan doesn't have the mental capacity right now to figure this out. So I'm going <laughs> to Google it. But still wants to be playing a video game. Yeah, because yeah, it's also narrative, yeah. right? So yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to set it down and be like, I'm going to come to this in the morning because... With a fresh mind to figure out the puzzle when... Yeah, I don't really get a fresh mind in do, the morning. Like I'm, being, I'm being compelled to go forward and actually like figure out what's happening to this husband-wife pair. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I completely agree with that. I will say 
I think a lot of these puzzles, most of these, if not all of these puzzles, were very well designed because regardless of the amount of time it took, like some of them I got right away. Some of them took a little bit longer. But when I actually solved it, I was like, oh my God, I am amazing. <laughs> like I got so much satisfaction out of actually solving these puzzles and moving forward. Like it really felt like I earned it. Yes. And uh, I think I'm trying to remember exactly which one. It, like there was the language one that gave me a lot of like sense of accomplishment when I figured it out. Uh, but there was also there was one just before that language one with um, like it, near the amphitheater part where you had to like restore the power. Oh, and yeah. it was like, yeah, you had to uh, figure out that like generator. And, you know, they was like, oh, you have to engage the gears. And I was like. I feel like I'm being rewarded right now for knowing that I'm going to need some tension on the first gear and I'm going to need to engage it before the second one will get going. And, you know, like <laughs> just because they don't all line up when they're not engaged doesn't mean that like locking one in and getting it spinning will, you know, lock me out of the other two. So like I just I felt like my just worldly knowledge helped me there. Which, again, was super rewarding. It wasn't the most complicated puzzle, but I'm just like, oh, that, that gear needs some tension before it'll stay. I get it. Like, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, like, I, I felt really rewarded in a lot of places. So I think that that's a mark of a really solid puzzle game. And I think you're also right that they, they wanted you to explore a lot find a lot of clues. Um, sometimes I felt like I was picking things up and I was like, it was like Harry's attempts at the puzzles, which sometimes like, because his attempts were, you know, sometimes right, sometimes wrong. But it would act, like point me in the right direction, I guess, into a line of thinking that I may or may not have come up with on my own. And I felt like narratively, if you didn't pick up every piece of paper and every photograph, you might have been kind of confused because there was one or two times where I was like, OK, I know how to solve this puzzle. I'm just going to move on. And then she would do Nora would do like a, an inner monologue thing. And I was like, well, where did that come from? It's like, oh, maybe if I'd actually read those papers back there, <laughs> then it would have given me a little more context. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of collectibles. There's a lot of things to interact with that are each going to give you some sort of tidbit of information or story beat. Uh, but then sometimes it's just like, oh, this is a rock. Like, I don't think yeah. there's actually a rock. <laughs> Which but, I think yeah. is also really good with a puzzle game is like sometimes it is just like a photo of the crew or sometimes it is just a, a receipt from a manifest from a ship or something that doesn't have, it's not a greater clue. It doesn't necessarily give you any sort of insight into the story, but it means that some pieces when you're kind of like scanning a new room or whatever, and you see like a little white, like magnifying glass or eyeball or something pop up, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily a clue. So you can't just go in, go eyeball, 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 eyeball. Okay. And, you know, kind of brute force your way through. I, I mean, I guess you could, but, you know, it. there's not everything that you find is actually going to be relevant to moving the story forward. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, I think there's, uh, I think as I said last week, there's a good balance between what is, what is required clue finding and what is story building. And then there's like maybe 10% that is just, I found this thing and it's, it's just it's bonus. Quite, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of world building, I guess, maybe. It doesn't get in the way of the main, you know, draws of the game, which is the story and, and, and the puzzle. And I, I thought the story it, it 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 is a really great puzzle game or a really great exploration puzzle game in the sense that the story starts off quite um quite mysterious but also a, a little fantastical in that you are you are your character Nora has this like mysterious illness and the whole reason your husband's gone missing is he's he's gone to this he's been drawn to this island um to try to sort out a cure for your illness and there were hints along the way. I'm assuming, Jocelyn, just based on the way that you play games and, and the way your your brain works, <laughs> unlike mine, mine does not work. It just, mine's in the moment and I don't think too far ahead. But they do telegraph pretty quickly what the situation is with your character. And I I kind of liked it. I thought it was a, I thought it was an interesting so, twist. So, do you want to know when I figured it out? Um, I mean... Yeah, like was it the music box? Because I think like that was where I started to be like, oh, she's a mermaid or whatever, <laughs> which was not entirely accurate. So but. I figured it out when she got to the island and started to say, "Oh, I feel so much better now." I'm like, "Oh, she's a mermaid." Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. When you get the ability to sprint, because <laughs> I was just like, okay, she's a mermaid. Uh, like what? Got, <laughs> it's an island. Like I don't understand. Whole, yeah, but you get that whole like dream sequence. Where oh, she's yeah. underwater and she's like going through everything and she's like, oh, like I feel so at home. Oh, this is my home. And then it's like her house. And I'm like, oh, that feels red herringy again because of how my brain works and because of how I play games where I'm constantly trying to solve the mystery, even in games that don't explicitly have a mystery. So the fact that this one was like right at the beginning, there's a mystery. I was like, well, I'm going to solve it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was basically like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's a mermaid. And I'm pretty sure that this is like where she belongs or or where she came from or something or where her mom's from or, you know, she's tied to the island in some way. Yeah. But she's some sort of aquatic creature. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, it, I, it, and then it, so obviously I went mermaid, and she, and they're not like um from what you can see of yourself, which isn't much. You're this like you have like fins for hands. Yeah, you're like uh, what's the? You're not like I don't know if you're like actually a mermaid in like our sense of the word. I think it's like classic, like classic mer. Oh, maybe okay, yeah, more and, mer mer people versus mermaids that are like shell boobies <laughs> yeah we're this not talking shell boobies more like lovecraft <laughs> there was no like shell boobies in this and i really uh like there there was none of that and i gotta applaud <laughs> the game for for going on that approach of of mer people um and i and i think that i'm trying to think of an example i i think hellboy one of the hellboy's like sidekicks uh, what's his name i can't even think of his name but um it was voiced by the guy from fraser anyways it doesn't matter you know, you you guys will see what it is, and you'll be like, "Oh, that guy." And um, <laughs> what what's the movie where the the fish sleeps with the the woman? I can't. I don't remember what it's called. It's not called Call of the Sea. Oh, oh, oh! Fishbone. Um, what's it called? Shape of Water. Shape, Shape of, water. of Water. Fishbone was probably not the title. <laughs> That's a little bit too literal. <laughs> yeah, that talk about a red herring. I've never seen that movie, so I don't actually know if. Neither have I. <laughs> but literally, all I know is that a lady bones a. Of- 
Or maybe she just falls in love with them. I don't know. I I feel like the internet no, just boils sure it all they down. Bone. To, they bone. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get well, corrections. I'm pretty sure. Again, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that is just an internet thing. Maybe I don't actually know what I'm talking about. If if <laughs> there's the one thing I, to me. if there's one thing we hear in Discord after we post this, I want to know whether they bone in that movie. So uh, I guess let I, us know Discord. I don't want to Google it you either. Can get to the... <laughs> Do they bone in Shape of Water? I'm pretty, okay, we're both pretty sure we're both pretty sure i'm pretty sure the uh, internet has led me to believe anyways that's yes, not what we're talking no, about no it's today. not at all what we're talking about we can talk about that later um i think that when when you look at the twist and yes i agree it very early on telegraphed that whatever's well not telegraphed it tells you what is affecting you affected your mother and your mother died so as the game progresses it becomes very clear that you are you are afflicted by this 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 symptom is is because you are away from something or you're away from your home in this case and i thought that was a really nice touch i i think i missed some some beats or whatever but i was trying to understand like the mer people were enslaved on this island who who were the people enslaving the mer people was it other mer people or was it humanity yeah i got i got the impression that they all started out living together mm-hmm. and then they very much became these like separated like castes of society where there was like an upper and lower and the upper enslaved the lower and then was i think trying to find a way to live forever which they then experimented on the slaves like by putting them in this black ooze and stuff and and going through these rituals to to try to appease what i think are two different gods um there were often uh two like just the same only different figurines and paintings and stuff on the wall like sometimes in the backgrounds of the murals or like statues right next to each other so it very much seemed like they were um like doing this ritual to appease or for or to use the power of these this these two gods and then to you know become eternal beings to live forever and it seems like they decided well i think it, at some point eventually the slaves overthrew the masters from what i understood and basically uh yeah the masters never went through the ritual themselves so now what's left are these eternal beings which you uh spoil well more way into spoilers now mm-hmm. so it doesn't even matter i'm not going to spoiler alert it but you don't actually ever see anybody else like on the island like you're alone the whole time but um you hear whispers which i did not like uh before i 100% understood what was going on there's a point where you have to go in a well and you have to like get whispered at right uh, just over your shoulder and oh my god it creeped me out so bad and i also felt like like they do a really good job of making the island like have a presence and it's like you're not sure if it's your husband you're not sure if it's the whispering voices you're not sure if you're going nuts but like you just feel like there's something there all the time because i know every single time i climbed a ladder up or down 
I just like it kind of like forces your eye line and doesn't let you move the camera and stuff. I kept waiting to like crest like the top of a ladder and have like a face in my face or, you know, climb down a ladder, turn around and have somebody be there. And there were so many times, I think it's chapter three, when you're kind of like on the beach and exploring the wrecked um, liner, ocean liner and stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, there were so many times because they have kind of like tripods with a light on top out of the corner of your eye. Those look like people. There were so many times I turned around or went somewhere new or opened a door or something with those stupid tripod lights. And I was like, oh, my God. OK, I'm still here by myself. It's fine. <laughs> like, oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's a very it's a it very has a solitary creep game. factor. Yeah, it has a creep factor, much like Gone Home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, in, and Gone Home is another one that I think has one legit jump scare but really there's nobody else in the house that one there's it's constantly storming outside in gone home so it's very yeah. easy to to be sort of go through a door and have a, a lightning strike go off or something and, yeah 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 and I, I think in call of the sea there are chapters that are a little more suspect when it comes to um the the atmosphere kind of affecting your mood as you play through and i think that chapter with the the beached boat it is storming and there's a thunderstorm and, and it's quite it's one of the more darker chapters just in yeah. terms of uh of the mood and i but i but i gotta say like i really i really enjoyed the story as you're as you're progressing you're kind of following along in your husband harry's sort of expedition and learning what happened to that expedition as you go and i thought that um the narrative touches they use when you found like a if you find if you see like an envelope that's sealed and you open it yeah. up most of the time those would well actually all the time those would open up um you would be presented with a, a narrated letter read with sort of some um some imagery to kind of go along with what's being said and i really i really like that sort of uh exposition dump i guess where they kind of give mm -hmm. you a bunch of information about harry's expedition as he's sort of updating you um assume he i guess he just assumed you would find well we we know at the well, end why the, <laughs> but yeah well in the very first um in the very first letter he says like i'm just so used to writing to you i can't break the hat or, or talking to you that i needed to find a way to do that so i'm writing these letters even though you might never read them or you'll probably never read them or something like that so like he was he was writing to nora um just unsure of if she was ever going to read them but just kind of out of like habit or as a coping mechanism like however you want to look at it mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and i think that there's one in every chapter yeah i think i think you're right and it kind of most of the time bookends like maybe not yeah up. maybe not the maybe not the first chapter i don't remember finding a letter in the first chapter um but definitely in the second and from then on, like once you find the camp, the first camp, which is like the start of the second chapter, uh, from then on, there's definitely one in every chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and this is a it's a short game. So, again, like I, I don't even think we've spoiled like a crazy amount. I think you could play this game and still enjoy the puzzles and the story beats. And it's quite short. I'd say it's it, it had to have been under or around five hours. Like I, I it didn't feel long. Uh, there's only six chapters and they're fairly bite size. And you, I was going to say, I think I probably, so 
I figured out all the puzzles for myself. Mm-hmm. I went around looking like almost like hugging the outer wall and just like doing that whole like how to solve a maze thing um, <laughs> for pretty much the entire game. So I really took my time exploring. I really took my time on puzzles. Some of them were harder than others. And I think it took me about an hour to an hour and a half for each chapter overall. So I would say, yeah, somewhere in the for me, at least in the six to eight hour range was was about how long it took. Yeah, no, that's and and that's a really and it's on Game Pass, uh, so you can you can if you're subscribed to Game Pass, it's both PC, Xbox, all the Xboxes, and yeah, I just I really I really dug the story. The ending is um, there's a binary. So I'll say this: like the, there's a binary choice at the end when when that is presented to you, and you'll know when it when it is save it's very obvious <laughs> yeah very obvious like turn one way choice turn another way choice uh and you want to save there because if you don't it's going to make you replay chapter six to experience both endings and chapter six is a, a longer one with some um complex puzzles i think that's the puzzle where yeah. you're kind of you're slow which i love the puzzle by the way like building out that like the constellations galaxy yeah. yeah it was really cool but i wouldn't want to do it again because it again, is yeah it was tedious it, it is tedious and yeah but uh i will say that, like you're you're also fine to youtube the other ending which which is what i did um because i didn't save it <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i did actually like well quote unquote play through there's not much actual playing you do uh it's basically just you choose one thing or the other and then you kind of like there's a little bit of like forward movement that you do but like it's there's there's no game basically after the choice it's just kind of playing out the the cinematic of of what how the end goes yeah yeah but i i i really like the game i'm i'm glad we we got a chance to play it it's been it's been on my radar i think since it was announced in july at the xbox series x showcase but um i kind of missed it in the whole cyberpunk early december uh situation or yeah you know so it, i'm glad we went back to it because i i feel like it was something that uh we both really enjoyed and it was great to just have like a laid-back story puzzle game it's been a while uh, it's been a while since we played a good one of those yeah um, so yeah so i i want to i want to talk to you about the endings okay so which one did you originally choose and guys if you are trying to stay away from full-on spoilers then skip our ending chat obviously but ryan uh which ending did you choose so i originally chose well i guess i only chose one as i said before i chose the uh reject so i went back to harry so at the end oh okay yeah like i'm I, I made the opposite choice. I felt like the game was, um, I or I felt like her inner monologue because uh, there's a part when you're doing the constellation puzzle where she talks about how, um, like she felt like an outsider and she felt so alien when she first arrived at the island, but now it feels like home and she understands so much more and feels like she belongs there and everything else. Like I felt like her inner monologue, as much as she talked about like loving Harry and their relationship, which I also thought like. That was probably the best thing I thought when I was facing that choice at the end. I was like, I really don't know like what the good ending is versus the bad ending or which way the game is like pushing me. But I thought that the game did a really good job of at least making it a a more difficult choice. But I did kind of feel in the end that her staying on the island and like accepting her fate and becoming basically a mermaid 
was was kind of the way they wanted me to go. Like it was even the like it was the forward door. It was like in front of you when you walked in the room and you could literally like keep walking forward and accept your fate or stop and turn around and go back through the door you came through and go back to Harry. Um, and I was just like, oh, man, like I, I feel like the forward progression, like the thing they want me to do is to accept my fate and go forward, <laughs> which yeah. kind of in the end turned out to be the kind of like better ending like my hair. So the endings are are both very, very similar. Um, you go through one of the two doors. You have a very short um, kind of sequence of you either getting on a boat and explaining how much you love your husband or you are like walking through and like hearing the voices of of all of the other uh, entities, I guess. And uh, you go through that door and then you kind of like go through this sequence through the currents and you get a lot of like really fancy, pretty ocean scenes that open up into this like ocean paradise. And then you start the credits, which regardless of which ending you choose, you get credits with Harry and Nora singing either when they're younger as a flashback or when they're older because you've gone back to Harry and it always ends with Harry in his office. And one Harry is super freaking depressed. And one <laughs> Harry is like, meh, he's okay. Yeah. Wist wistful or like, you know, like looking back going like, oh, I wonder what could have been. But now I have my work and it's fulfilling and blah, 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 blah. And but the Harry, when you go back to him, he's so depressed. He's like you left me in the middle of March and we had a couple more good years, but then I just like, yeah, Oh my God. Like he is an unhappy man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't say I didn't regret the choice, you know, uh, I, that was my choice in, in the moment. They very much, the game very much sets up. Like if you return to Harry um, and leave the Island, you will surely die in, in a matter of moments. Cause your illness is progressing in a way that, uh, that, that is in line with your mother passing away. Uh, right. And so you, Nora knows, and in my mind, like Nora returned it to Harry, but the game is very much setting, setting you up to accept your fate. It turns out Harry, everything he did was to, was to show you that you need to accept your fate. Cause that was Harry's wishes as well. That was Harry's plan. Yeah. That's what yeah. he wanted to happen. So was to be like, Hey, if you do this, you can live forever. Like the only way that you'll go through with this is if you think that I'm dead. So I'm going to basically fake my death and and go on and back and live my life or whatever. And mm -hmm. yeah, I just felt like in the moment, uh, you know, at that choice, it it didn't seem like the mer people or whatever had like a good deal going. It just it, you got the sense that it was just going to be you and this like weird electric squid, you know, that you come across. And that doesn't really sound like great. You don't want to live your life out with a with a, an electric skid or skid squid. <laughs> I'm just saying that at least Harry had some qualities going for him. I mean, he could sing. He was a scientist. He liked to build things. The squid just kind of like swims up against you you know a couple times during the game <laughs> maybe that's enough for a merfolk <laughs> i don't know i just felt like the squid could have maybe tried a little harder to make it seem like there's more going on on that side and they kind that of is one thing that i wasn't 100 percent sure about <laughs> i mean like when you when you get to like the ocean paradise there were definitely some um like creatures that really invoked the whole like 
Polynesian, but not Polynesian look to Mm -hmm. them and stuff, like actually swimming around in the water that looked almost like they were made of stone. But you don't actually see any other mer people, or at least I didn't notice them. Maybe they're they're off to the side or hidden or something like that. But it's a very good question. It's like, is she choosing between like a a solitary but eternal life? Because she kind of like she has these conversations with these whispered voices, but it's like, is that the ooze talking to you? Like, is that like ghosts basically? Or are you actually joining a society full of people who also live forever? Cause that's a different proposition, right? Yeah. Then like being alive alone forever. Uh, no, thanks. I'll take a couple good years with my husband. Thanks. And that was <laughs> like- kind of where my mind was going. And it, and it seemed like the choice to accept your fate was also putting you into some sort of hive mind situation. There was some hints dropped to that as well and that it, by accepting your fate you were kind of entwining yourself with this existing network but the game really didn't present anything but sort of wildlife existing on the island uh, the island was alive very much so and i mean i joke about the electric squid but that was the closest thing to any sort of m- mer people on, on the island there was it just looked like the whole the whole island of mer people were extinct there was there was none left there was no evidence to sort of show that there were still people maybe there's like a deeper part of the island where they live and you were just kind of like scratching the surface of of this place but it very much seemed yeah, like it was an a little bit unclear yeah because it, it almost seemed like a portal to like maybe to another world or something mm-hmm. Yeah, But there were a lot of unanswered questions, I think, in terms of that society. And they tried to, I think, flush it out as much as they could without being like, this choice is the obvious choice, go this way sort of thing, right? Like, I think that they left it as vague as possible so that you would actually make a decision as if you were Nora, because, like, you knew basically what Nora knew. So without going too far outside of that and giving the player too much information that the person in the game wouldn't necessarily have. Like, I think that's actually a hallmark of a really good narrative game is when you're put in a situation and you're not a hundred percent sure what the right answer is. Like if they telegraph it too much and there's a very obvious, like doom and gloom, this is bad and wrong and you will die versus like sparkles and rainbows and everything's right in the world if you go left. But, you know, like then obviously you go left instead of right, unless you just want to see the whole world burn, which some people do. So maybe that's the good ending to some people. But, you know, like it should feel or any any good narrative, I think, that's going to give you a choice at the end should make that choice feel as neutral as possible like make it feel and and whatever story you want to tell after that choice is fine like like i said like good ending bad ending it seemed like accepting your fate was a little better at least it it left harry in a better place at the end like he seemed to be like nostalgic but happy as opposed to like lonely and sad (laughs) so like it, it, it but in terms of nora like He even says in the ending when you go back to him that you eventually leave. He just says like you that night up until that night you left me in March. And it's like, did I leave you because I died? Did I leave you because I went back to the island because I'd had enough of the pain? Like, you know, it it was. uh, I got the sense that you had passed away. Like I 
kind of thought so too, but it was a very odd wording. At least I thought it left it open a little bit, but um, like the actual point in the story when you where you need to make the choice needs to feel as up to you as possible. And I mm-hmm. think that Call of the Sea did a really good job of getting there. I agree. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it really felt like it came down to player choice and not um, this is the this is the the forecast of, of what the developers want you to choose. There's it didn't feel like a, there was a good or bad ending. It felt like it was um, like you said, it was very neutral and really both endings weren't great for for Harry. He seems to marry his job after <laughs> either choice happens. Um, but it uh, it was a very unique story. I, I don't think I've ever really experienced something like this in a in a video game. And I, mm-hmm. I always appreciate when there's even though there there are some tropes here that are very much repeated. Um, you know, mysterious island, mysterious creatures, mysterious myth, <laughs> right? that sort of thing. But uh, I felt like they had their own twist on it, and the puzzles were very unique. So, yeah, I I highly recommend it. I'm really glad we checked it out because it's just it's got a lot going for it, and I feel like it's a game that was easily overshadowed um, upon release when when Cyberpunk came out. I think a lot of stuff was overshadowed that week. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out, especially if you have Game Pass. You have no excuse, no excuse. <laughs> Yeah, and like you said, it, I mean, it played amazingly. It was gorgeous on my Series X, but it would play, uh, or it did play just as well on your Xbox One X. And also, obviously, it would play really good on a PC. So hmm. lots of options to uh, to check this out. So please do, because I think, yeah, both Ryan and I highly recommend this one. It was uh, It was really fun. So... Uh, if you'd like to support the show, if you like the content that we make, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in like our January patron Dominic did. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You can also hit us up and join in the conversations over on our discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord, which is going to bring us to the news this week. We have a bit of a follow up from last week. Lucasfilm has announced an open world Star Wars game from the team that made uh, the division. So uh, from Ubisoft. And are you excited about this? Yeah. No, I think this is uh, this is kind of what we were we were asking for. Well, maybe I, I think it's I what was like, pe- yeah, maybe not asking, but I think this is what we where we thought this deal and this whole Lucasfilm Lucas game thing was going. Yeah, like there was a big promise from EA when they announced the exclusivity. Like Disney said, this is a great you know, this is a great deal, and we're gonna. EA is known for building games of 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 a vast variety from open world to sports to to um to, to a lot of different you know genres and really that wasn't realized under EA and a lot of projects were canceled as said last week we didn't get a lot of those smaller titles until just last year with squadrons and um it, it just it, there was something lacking there and i and i think one of those things was this was the was the big open world RPG sort of open world game and I think EA has that talent they have it you know at BioWare they have it uh, at some of their other studios but they just we didn't see that realization so the fact that massive games the folks behind the division are going to get to play with with this IP and build a Star Wars game um that's really exciting cuz Ubisoft finishes their things like they announce something and it comes out EA seems to be very good at, at announcing things, getting ahead of themselves, and canceling something. We saw that with several uh, Star Wars projects, but I have, 
I have faith in Ubisoft that they're going to release this game and we're going to see it. And I think we're going to be excited, especially as if you are a Star Wars fan. So an open world Star Wars game is not something we've had in a very long time. I mean, or ever. I'm trying to think if there has been one that even comes to mind. Like, Yeah, I was trying to think and nothing really comes to mind. There was um, the, oh shoot, it just came out, but it wasn't open world. Um, well, the Jedi Fallen Order was sort Fallen of more. Fallen Order, that's it. I was like, Fallen Jedi? That's not right. <laughs> it's close. I mean, F- Fallen Order has that, it has that open world feel, but it's more like the Rise of the Tomb Raider style where it's, these are these are larger areas, it's but like, you're still confined. Yeah, it's open but closed. Exactly. And I think what The Division does is it presents you with the open world. Like, here's the big map. You can go anywhere. There are segments to the map, and there are specific bottlenecks to enter some of these areas. But it's it's an open world game. And I think with Star Wars, you have a lot to play with there where you can do the open world you know, approach but have different planets similar to, I don't know, another open world game that was really cool, Mass Effect. I would consider that open world to a certain extent. Um, maybe Andromeda more than than the previous games, but we won't, I guess we won't mention that. But um, <laughs> it's like I said, EA just kind of dropped the ball, and I think this is good for the franchise. And it kind of shows. I mean, I don't know what Disney was was thinking. Like, kind of a weird, you know, truck to hit your trailer to. <laughs> you know, EA, but even ten years ago, it was still one of these questionable decisions when you have so many of these great developers around the world that would love to get their hands on the ip so this is good news i think yeah it it was you're right it was a really interesting decision and it makes me wonder like did ea throw a giant pile of money at disney like they had to because i feel like if you're going to make a Star Wars game, that's pretty much a license to print money unless it's really super broken or really, really bad. <laughs> so, or, or has a bunch like, of loot boxes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, but really, it's like you can take whatever style of game that you want to do, build it and put a Star Wars skin on it, and people are going to get way more behind it and it's going to get so much publicity compared to insert your own originals like um i was gonna say star ip (laughs) space game ip right like you make up your own thing and even if it plays exactly the same as a star wars game would like no one's gonna pay it as much of attention as if you have that brand recognition of star wars on it right so like this is a license to print money why would you lock yourself down with ea unless ea threw a giant pile of money at you yeah ea paid for the exclusive rights to develop, but I'm sure, you know, Disney got something out of the deal. Yeah, but like how much? Like, I want to know how much. It must have been like billions. (laughs) I would... uh, Maybe not billions. I would guess like... millions. Yeah, probably, you know, in the hundreds of millions range. Um, But I, I think like... You know, I think EA, both EA and Disney learned a lot of lessons with the Star Wars license when they when they took it on. And you just yes, Star Wars is a, is like a lot of properties. Um, it is a license to print money, but that only goes so far. And you can only, you know, satisfy uh, the fans for so long when you're just trying to print money. I mean, if you look at the trilogy of films they did, the sequel trilogy, there are some issues there highly written about all over the internet and i think ea experienced the same thing it's like okay we're gonna do battlefront and we're gonna do battlefront 2 and there are a lot of issues there where you just can't put out you know battlefront was was a game that looked really great 
played great, but there wasn't much to it, and there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones. And it it kind of showed that, like, yeah, it's a, you you made a lot of money, but there were also a lot of complaints tied to this, you know, very loved franchise. So like, it's a double edged sword. Like, yeah, you're printing money, but you're also dealing with a lot of upset, you know, fans. And I think both Disney's learned that by not even with the property, you know, moving it from film to TV and kind of focusing on more of those stories, it allows Disney to, I think they've learned a lesson. I don't think EA has learned a lesson because they, their response (laughs) to the news was, oh no, we're working on a couple more projects. Disney's still a great partner. I would imagine it would be like, Battlefront 3 and Jedi Fallen Order 2 because those seem to be two really um, easy follow-ups not you know quote-unquote easy but like they've got an established working base that they can kind of build upon and you've got next gen now so you can kind of you don't you can do the 1.5 step from a game give us like a good sequel to Fallen Order I think that would sell really well so I think this is good across the board but EA is um they're going to I think they got to they got to be careful going forward because now they've got competition. They've got you've got other Star Wars games to look at and say, "See, this is a Star Wars game" as opposed to like, "Well, this is one of the only Star Wars games I can play." So there's competition now, which is great, I think. Yeah, competition's always going to be just good for the well, I mean, anything, right? Like yeah. competition is just is just a good thing. So yeah, I think um the more things that there are out there in the Star Wars universe for people who are fans of it, uh the better. So uh we will keep you up to date with what is coming from Ubisoft and what their new open world Star Wars game looks like. Uh we also have Pokémon celebrating 25 years in 2021. So a little bit behind Big Brother Mario, but you know, still not too shabby. Nothing to be scoffed at. 25 years is a long time. Yeah, but a decade, only a decade behind Mario, that doesn't seem like a long time. So uh Nintendo yeah, got a like lot when going. you kind of put it like that, it's just like, wow, did it did it only take them 10 years <laughs> to, to do Pokemon after Mario? But also at the same time, it took them 10 years to do Pokemon after Mario. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it goes both ways somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and Pokemon's always been this weird thing. It's always felt I think early on, it felt like very Nintendo. And then as I got older and started to understand like the business side of it, like Pokemon is kind of like separate from nintendo it's within the nintendo brand but it's also a separate company that nintendo has like a high like a like a a controlling stake in or like a very high stake in the pokemon company but um it's really interesting to look at the the history there of the pokemon sort of um franchise because it's it's done a lot and you see this in the 25 year celebration video that everyone should check out especially if you yeah, had any connection. Cute. Yeah, like they, they go over <laughs> or the Or if TV you've show. ever played the game Mousetrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. Mousetrap, uh, I got that feeling as well. And they kind of go through the whole history with, with all these toys and nods to the movies and the TV shows. And it was really nice to go through that and be like, oh, I remember that. And it's like, I don't remember that. And it's kind of weird. Like I've kind of fallen in and out with Pokemon over the years, uh, especially lately. But um, it's been it was really nice to relive that. And I know Pokemon and Nintendo are going to really celebrate this this milestone. Um, Unlike other properties that Nintendo has, like they don't do much for, you know, Metroid. They hardly do anything for Fire Emblem uh, in terms of milestones. But 
Pokemon, like, they're going to celebrate this. I mean, they hired Katy Perry, so I feel like they've got some plans, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know what Katy Perry's connection to Pokemon is, but it wouldn't surprise me if she was into Pokemon. Like, that seems like a... I, I believe she's uh, she's a Pokemon well, I mean, fan. She's colorful and adorable, so yeah. that's she's a Pokemon. basically... She is a Pokemon, yeah. 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 <laughs> That wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, like it's I think we're going to get some there's talk of remakes coming for Diamond and Pearl, which would be really cool because those are those are a set of games that I very much in, enjoyed at the time, but haven't been remade a lot. Like r- the red and blue games get remade kind of every seven years. Um, but I feel like Diamond and Pearl is like that second generation that really didn't get. Yeah, a lot I didn't of even know. Like, obviously, I knew that there was a red and blue. I did not realize there was a Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> yeah, like Diamond and Pearl is the second generation, and um, it it just felt like it came and came and went. Like, I think a lot of them came and went. I think uh, I think they did, and then they kind. Of, I think they skipped that one, or maybe they remade it on the like Game Boy Advance. I can't remember, but I know they remade like Sapphire and Ruby on 3ds so i think it's due like a a remake it may have got remade but i didn't play it but um yeah i'm I'm excited to see what nintendo has uh they did announce shortly after that new pokemon snap would be releasing april 30th so we're we're i think we've got the confirmation as to when blockbuster will be reopening its doors so we can print all those (laughs) stickers um I was going to say, is Pokemon Snap something that you are looking forward to or that you're going to be picking up at the end of April? Because I know we're both super excited about the the Mario game coming out in February. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like is Pokemon Snap on your radar? I, you know, I remember. So here's the thing. The original Pokemon Snap was really interesting because it had uh, it was, you know, heyday of Pokemon, really popular. So I was I was into it. And you you could do this novel thing of like snapping photos, taking them to the blockbuster, uh, taking your memory card to blockbuster, putting it in this big giant like what looked like an arcade machine, and printing off stickers. Like the novelty was there. I, I think um, now that I've seen this trailer for new Pokemon Snap, I th- it looks like they're doing a lot more with it. And the fact that photo modes have be- basically become an essential you know, service for all video games now that this is essentially like Pokemon, the photo mode. And I, I saw some of the, like I saw the trailer and it looks like there's a lot more to a little bit more to it than what I remember from the original Pokemon snap. But I don't know if I can bring myself to spend $80, $90 on, on Pokemon snap. I think I really, I have to wait for those reviews to see what's there because yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, 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 the nostalgia is there, and I think if it was like a budget, not a budget game, but maybe like a, you don't know, like a sixty dollar price tag, I could see myself going for it. But full price is is a tough pill to swallow for what I remember of Pokemon Snap. But this is new Pokemon Snap, so usually when you throw new in front of something, <laughs> that means it's it's improved. That's remember a big new Coke, deal. new Coke, well, new Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. So okay, there's some good examples, I guess. New iPad that that didn't last very long but <laughs> they they quickly stopped that but I, I i'm i'm hesitant to to confirm but i'm also like i i want to i want to get some more information i think the trailer that they put out was you know showed a lot more than what the original tra- the original trailer made it look like oh this is just pokemon snap but re- you know kind of remade for the switch to you know current generation of consoles 
but the new trailer makes it look like there's more of a game to it because the original was just a couple talking heads you know you're on rails take some photos it had its novelty but it was very bare bones this looks like there's a story um you've got more interactions happening between characters there's more complex scenery going on so maybe there's maybe there's something there to i i really hope there is more there to, than <laughs> than from the original game but than the we'll original have to see. yeah yeah well i think uh i i'll probably do the same as you i think i'll probably be be waiting for the reviews to come out what i'm actually kind of more stoked about is just because and i mean i know it's mario versus being pokemon but uh the fact that this is kind of a milestone anniversary and we saw some pretty cool things coming out of do you remember like battle mario i can't even remember exactly what it was called but where like everybody played through and there was like 35 of you and you were sending oh, yeah. enemies to your other screen yeah like that came out of totally nowhere for me and i'm wondering if they're gonna do anything else during this year of um celebrating the the 25 years of pokemon if we're gonna get any cool little kind of bite-sized fun new game experiences like that outside of uh, pokemon snap but well, i wonder should... if they're gonna do anything crazy yeah I, well i i think that moba is supposed to come out that they announced last year the uh the pokemon moba that was... oh is that coming yeah like I, I am pretty sure that's i think that's at least beta in beta phase or closed or open beta in 2021 it seemed pretty okay that's pretty fun <laughs> yeah I, I think i think you're right like i think pokemon is is if there's another franchise to sort of rival nintendo's attention to detail it's pokemon you know in comparison to mario uh, when i think of nintendo franchises that nintendo loves to celebrate you go mario then pokemon's the next one that pops up and and the rest are sort of like maybe zelda uh, right after zelda that. yeah <laughs> they don't i mean zelda's right after pokemon yeah. but they don't they don't um they haven't gone you know crazy for for zelda like they have with i mean mario literally had everything under the sun which makes sense like they did lego they did games they did yeah re-releases i think pokemon is going to match that excitement for this anniversary and you're going to see that with release you know remakes new games and yeah some quirky experiments similar to what we saw with super mario uh bros 35 or or whatever but um i mean there wasn't there wasn't much in terms of here's what we're doing to celebrate with the video that went out it was more just here's a look back and yeah there's been no sort of hint as to when we're gonna get um the actual announcements for how they're celebrating uh we there's talk that we usually get some sort of Pokemon related announcement late January, mid February. So maybe in the coming weeks we'll have more details, but Nintendo has been pretty quiet on the announcement front and they've really just been kind of pushing trailers out. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a good sign that they're not ready or, or they're just kind of getting some easy ones out the door so they can bundle up a bunch of stuff. I, I have no idea. It's, it's impossible. Don't try to predict Nintendo because it's just, you'll be here all night. <laughs> it is. It's really hard. It yeah. absolutely is. So, <laughs> uh, well, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. Uh, you can, like I mentioned earlier, join in the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI discord, or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss plays. Ryan is at R Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at the gamers in. Thanks for staying at the gamers. And remember tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Bye.